With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. NFL schedule's out, and now we have four months to break it down. And you have to give the NFL credit. They could open the season with any game, and we'd watch it. Now, you always, or at least you try to have the defending Super Bowl champs, they usually open up hosting somebody, and they gave us the Cowboys in Tampa. And when you look at the regular season games that rate the highest, the Cowboys are always at the top of the list. Therefore, their claim, the self-proclamation of America's team. Dak Prescott coming back from the injury, taking on Tom Brady, the defending champs. You dress up that primetime game. You got concerts. You got hoopla. It's more than just a football game. And uh, hopefully we have fans this year. That would be nice. Easy to imagine the NFL marketing this game and this season as a return to normal, whatever that's going to be, and have that celebratory feel. Also, you have 32 fan bases right now with smiles on their faces. Really, everybody. You could be a Bengals fan. You could be Jacksonville fan, Tennessee, Houston. Well, eh. uh, Houston may not have a smile on their face. We have to wait a while, but it is a time for optimism with the nation's most popular sport. And you start to look at the matchups. And you're doing this today or you did this last night. You go through your team schedule. That's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. That's a win. All of a sudden, you're going, gosh, we could start out five and two. And then you start out two and five. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, well, I'll just play fantasy this year. Peter Schrager, our friend from the NFL Network, had something. Uh, Tom Brady has played in 299 NFL games. He has never played a game in one city. But that will happen this year and could happen twice this year. There's one city Tom Brady has never played a football game in. Regular season. Yes, Paul? Boston. No. <laughs> well, he's, he's played many there, not as the opposition. Oh. But he will be going back to Boston. New England. McLovin, you want to take a jab at this? So, New England, he's been around the league forever. Las Vegas. No. At least I don't think so. But we should check that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Paul. You said he could play two games there in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, I just got your little hint there. Week three this year against the Rams, and then maybe February 13th in Los Angeles. Celebrity journalist. Wait. 
I thought we had a stat of the day. Uh, oh, is that a stat of the day? Uh, yeah. Yes, McLovin. He was at Vegas last year, 145 to 20. Okay. Well, with the Bucks. All right. Stat okay. Wow. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. Thought we found a loophole there in Peter Schrager's little tidbit there. I have no memory of that game whatsoever. I don't, I don't either. I I kept thinking, well, well, but it 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 wouldn't have felt like Las Vegas, even though he played in Las Vegas against the Raiders. It wouldn't have felt that way. I was also wondering the teams or coaches, quarterbacks, who were on the hot seat or the seat will get hotter, depending on how they start out. How many teams do you look at and you go, that quarterback, that coach, or maybe it's just that coach where you go, he better start out, he better have a good season, better have a better than 500 record this year. Yeah, Paulie? Traditionally, I answer at this time of year with Bill O'Brien and the, and the Texans, <laughs> but I don't think he's there anymore. You know, but Bill O'Brien would make the playoffs. Like, the, the, the Texans would make the playoffs. Now, they bowed out quickly, but they would make the playoffs. Yes, Seaton. The May NFL hot seat yes. Um, yes. segment is, yes. is wonderful. Yes, yes. We are going to corner the Who's market. on the hot seat in yeah. May? Yeah, yeah. Greeny will steal this later on. Yes, McLevin. I actually was saving it for against the grain, but I have one coach who I think has a disastrous start ahead. Okay. Want to guess who I might be thinking about? A disastrous start. Yes, who a guy who could be on the hot seat How about really quickly. John Gruden. Ooh. I mean, he's got one. the 10-year deal, so I don't know if he can ever be truly on the hot seat. I was thinking Cowboys with Mike McCarthy Ooh. having to open up in front of everybody against such a good team okay. is unfair because the Cowboys actually have like the weakest. They have a very weak schedule, but they start out at Tampa Bay and at the Chargers. But why do we think somebody has a strong schedule or a weak schedule? I know it's based off of winning percentages from a year ago. Every year, there are four to seven teams where you go, wow, never saw that one coming. And, and they will be better than you think. And then there are teams where you go, wow, I thought they were going to be good this year. It happens every year. That's why when you have people who go through, fans who go through your team's schedule, and you think, well, the Lions aren't going to be any good. The Bengals won't be any good. How good can Jacksonville be? And then all of a sudden, after two months, you go, gosh, those teams got like five wins already. Six wins. Yeah, Paulie. This might be not obvious, but a, a team that might have to revamp, new coach, the Vikings. They felt really close to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, yep. and they feel like they're getting further from the Super Bowl by the year. Yep. And, and they may replace coach and quarterback if they don't make the playoffs. This year. Yeah, I think that's a good call because Kirk D. Cousins' replacement is in the on-deck circle, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. And you're 7-9. and nine. You're opening yourself up to, hey – if you're not going to keep, well, depending on what happens in the division, the Bears have a new quarterback. We don't know when Justin Fields is going to make his debut. We don't know what's happening with the Packers, although they did just sign Blake Bortles. I actually sat on that information for eight minutes. <laughs> Blake Bortles is in Green Bay. Talk about a non-threatening hire. Where you go, can we bring in somebody that no one will ever think we're bringing him in to be our starting quarterback? Now, if you if you sign Gardner Minshew, then you got my attention. Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles is embracing the, hey, whatever you want me to do. You want me to be the backup quarterback, third string quarterback? I'll be happy to do that. And that's what's happening here. That's why when Packers are bringing in quarterbacks, I went, yes, they have to. Because Jordan Love's not ready. Who's your backup quarterback? Then you're going to have to really bring in a quarterback. Because this is a good team. Great team. You brought in a backup quarterback. There's a couple of uh, opt-out games, flex games with the Packers later in the season. But you have five primetime games. And I think late in the season, you're able to flex out of that if you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Joe Thomas will join us. We'll talk about some of the uh, schedules, some of the uh, teams, interesting, surprising teams. We'll also talk about uh, James Harden came back last night. 
and had a pretty uh, pretty nice performance. I love what he said after the game. Like, this is just, hey, I got a whole lot of swag. Are you surprised at how quickly it kind of came back to you and you were back in the flow of things? Not really. Not to, like, <laughs> brag or anything, but I'm, like, I really, I'm really good at this, this game. You know, I study the game. I'm very unselfish. Um, I take the game, and, and I play it the right way every single night. So that mindset right there keeps me um, in a really good place. I like it. I mean, it's just a matter of fact. You know, it's not, what did he call it, braggery? It's just, hey, I'm really good at this game. Yeah, when you play, you're really good at this game. Yeah, McLovin. But say you can't call yourself unselfish. That's one of those things that other people <laughs> have to call you. I mean, it might be he's a great assist guy, but you can't call yourself unselfish. Well, he is complimenting himself, you know, not you know, not to uh, be accused of braggery. But, I mean, he says he's really good. If he says he's really good, then he can say he's unselfish if he wants to. Yeah, Paul. I found braggery in a, both a uh, thesaurus and a, the, the, I, I think it's a word. Braggery? I think. By the way, I'm pretty sure he said brag or anything. Oh, oh, I, th- I was hoping he said braggery. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Let me hear it Are again. you surprised at how quickly it kind of came back to you and you were back in the flow of things? Not really. Not to like <laughs> brag or anything, but I'm like, I really, oh, really good at this, okay. this game. Yeah. I wish it was braggery. We were this close to getting a new James Harden t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Braggeration. Yeah. It ain't braggery if you, what, what is it? It ain't bragging if you can do it. Or you can back it up. Is that what it is? Braggery. Yes, Todd. Uh, he kind of said it so quick. It sounded to me like braggery. Well, I thought he said when you came back from the Philippines, play the beginning of this, and I thought the question, or I, yeah, play it. Are you surprised at how quickly it kind of came back to you and you were back in the flow of things? See, I thought, no, really, that's like, I, I thought he was Philippines. I thought he was saying Philippines yeah, yeah. instead of the flow of things. <laughs> so, you know, when you wear those masks, you're not. It's a major story. He was in the Philippines. <laughs> Philippines. No he, idea. What was he doing? Did there? he tell the team? <laughs> yes, McLovin. Have you ever seen those lists of commonly misquoted rock lyrics? Yes. Oh yeah, like the wind cries Mary. Everyone gets wrong, I guess. And yeah, yeah. Rock the Casbah. That's uh, like that. Philippines. I heard that too. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, who will stop Lorraine instead? The rain by uh, Creedence Clearwater. Who will stop, stop Lorraine. <laughs> yes, Polly. Didn't uh, Josh Jamel give us? I'll test the waves down in Africa. Toto. I'll test the waves down oh, he, in Africa. He thought it was like a surfing song. Oh, remember he was fist pumping. I don't even remember that. All right, welcome to the program. Anywho, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody can take a left turn like we can. Yes, McLovin. I'm sorry. I have a list of misquoted rock lyrics that I'll send around for the break. You guys, I mean, you're going to lose. No, you your... can go. Go ahead. Well, here's what. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit. Here we are now in containers. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Ghostbusters, they say, is the most commonly. Nobody understands what the words are for that. Uh, oh, like who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of them. I'll send them around. Tiny Dancer. Uh, there's nope. a bathroom on the right in Bad Moon Rise. Oh, yeah. There's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> Definitely. That'd be, Definitely. That'd be great if that was the lyric. I like that. Like, hey, man, there's a bathroom right yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. In case you're wondering, Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> like a virgin, like a virgin. Touched for the 31st time. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, that changed dramatically. Yeah, yeah. That sounds more like Madonna than I know. <laughs> was oh. it Steve Miller's? Was it uh, Big Old Jet Airliner? Yeah. I remember a comic being like, was it like, Bingo Jed had a light on. Like, that one, everybody <laughs> gets that one wrong. One more, Purple Haze. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> Whoa. Progressive. Whoa. What's that one? Thank you for letting me be myself. And then it was thank you for letting me be Mice, it was something about that. Uh, and who did that song, by the way? Uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Right. Yeah. And then I think that there's somebody thinks they're actually talking about a mice in there. Thank you for letting me be mice. Here's another one. Two Tickets to Paradise by Eddie Money. I've got two chickens to paralyze. <laughs> <laughs> 
That'd be awful. By the way, you're the one who miss you. You misquote song lyrics more than anyone I've ever met. You just go around making up new lyrics. Oh, I do. I I have my own lyrics. Yes, but I but I stay in rhythm, of course. Uh, Penny's Bang Biscuits, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen these, you can go to the website there. She's a staple of the DP show, and uh, we wanted to give back. And uh, we partnered uh, with a company, Gourmet Biscuits, made from scratch. Healthy, all-natural ingredients, and uh, you got a bag of 120 dog biscuits. 20% of all the sales will be given back to handpicked partners in the pet industry. Penny was uh, a rescue, as was my dog, Winnie. And uh, in case you're wondering, uh, Winnie and Penny right now are in neutral corners. They're having some problems with one another there. There's some jealousy going on, but uh, we hope to make things better between those two. Got to let them sort it out. Yeah, Got to let them sort it out. It's uncomfortable, but... Well, there's one thing about having a puppy. Puppies have so much energy, and they have no idea what they're doing, and they think when they bite you, that that's playing. Well, Penny doesn't want to play anymore because Winnie just keeps biting her and never stops. And Penny will just, like, knock her down and then wants to go and you know, wants to leave Winnie to, her, to herself. We'll fix it, though. But uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Got our poll. What's the poll question we have today? By okay, the way? we have some schedule polls that, you know, that's going to keep people in their car. Uh, some questions mm. about how you rank teams. <laughs> yeah, it sounds worse than it actually is. That was not a good tease. I got, I'm going to have to have Todd write a tease for that poll. Well, well wait, what do you have? Like, well, you got anything interesting? These people depend on us every day, McLovin. So the, we wanted to rip on the bad teams off the front. So there are eight teams that only have one primetime game. Wait, did you want to do the least interesting team? Well, we have a night. We came up with a way to be nicer because we don't want a fan base to get mad at you because of stupid stuff we Well, say. no, Paulie came up with the idea. Yeah. So I'm just going to blame Paulie. Well, what if you said there are eight teams <laughs> with one primetime game? Which team actually deserves more than one primetime game? Like, who's more interesting than the NFL view? Like, the Jets are on here. But, but if you do that, then you'll get somebody who's better than all the other least interesting yes. teams. But there will be somebody who will be the least interesting team if you do a poll question. Right. Yes. So we and so it's basically going to be a Texans-Lions uh, battle for last, I would imagine. Well, Texans, not interesting. Not at all. And doesn't seem like they can win without Deshaun Watson. Like, unless, you know, the quarterback they took out of Stanford, Davis... What Davis Mills? Davis Jr. Mills, yeah. Like when he's done working on his hedge fund, come out to the yes. practice field. Yeah. I don't think that's a real name. That's like a One Tree Hill. Davis Mills was the quarterback. Yeah, come here, Davis Mills. Come on down. But they, you, they're going to tank, right? Because they are going to probably need. Have you heard anything? I don't by think the way? they tank. I just don't think they're any good. Not to put you on the spot. Are you hearing any Deshaun Watson news at all? It seems quiet. Well, that's what I brought up with Mike Florio yesterday. When it's quiet, that's when things get done. And you're starting to hear a little bit more about some things going on behind the scenes with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Like if they if they give him total autonomy, and that is he can stay, he can be involved, uh, he can look at the roster. I mean, I think you're going to have to say, we're going to make you quarterback GM. Then maybe you have a chance. To, uh, to keep him in Green Bay. If it's not about the money, which it's always about the money, then what it's, you know, how, how do we solve this? Can, can we salvage this? And that's what I would say to Aaron. Just tell us, how do we, aside from firing the GM, how do we salvage this? And if he said, all right, make me the GM. Let me have control over the roster. Then the Packers have to make that decision. Are you willing to give him total autonomy? Which would be historical. Yes, Eden. Do we even know that Aaron Rodgers actually said he wants the GM fired? Well. I don't know that we do. I, you're right. There's a lot of things that are out there. But I'll go back to what Florio said. Florio said, this is a guy who has no qualms, open book, I want to host Jeopardy. Like, he, he wants to host Jeopardy. But he doesn't tell you anything about what his real job, his day job is, of what he wants and what he wants to do. All we do is we hear secondhand, third person, rumor, innuendo. Yeah, Paul. The report that about the GM and Aaron Rodgers 
Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports reported over the weekend, last weekend, like a week and a half ago, yep. that Rodgers wants Goodenkoost fired and is adamant that he will not return to the Packers with that GM still in charge. Yeah, yeah McLovin. What you describe sounds very Tom Brady-inspired. You know, is that really what yes. he's getting at? Yes. Yes. I, I think that's Russell Wilson. I think these quarterbacks look and, and say, wait a minute. I got to go out there with whatever you, so you go to the grocery store and then you come back and I go, what am, what are we making this weekend? Uh, shish kebab. Okay. And that's what happens. And these quarterbacks are saying, wait, we need to have player empowerment here. And Brady, Brady only had a little bit, but he brings in Antonio Brown who Russ wanted back in Seattle. He brought in Gronk. So he didn't have that much of a say, but he had enough of a say that caught the attention of these quarterbacks. And that's why Russell Wilson was miserable at the Super Bowl. He sees Patrick Mahomes and and he sees Tom Brady. And he wants to know, where am I? Where do I fit in here? And when he came back and then he came on our show a couple of days later, that's when he started talking about, I'm not happy here. And I want a seat at the table. And I want to have input. Deshaun Watson wanted to talk about who was going to be the coach. You didn't even want to interview the guy that he wanted in there as a coach. Eric Bieniemy. That's what these quarterbacks are asking for now. Doesn't mean the teams are going to turn it over to them. I wouldn't. Because what do they know about free agency or the draft? Like I, Unless you're studying with us, unless you're working out players... And then, like, if you say to Joe Burrow, hey, Penny Sewell, the lineman, or do you want Jamar Chase? Like, I, I'm going to trust Joe Burrow that if he says, look, Jamar, we can't pass up Jamar Chase. He's my former teammate. He's unbelievable. Okay, this is you making this decision. You make it better. And if, if you have special information on a player that you played with or against, then I want that information. But I don't want Tom Brady t- talking about Kyle Trask. Yeah, pulling. You know, it's fascinating. You mentioned that Deshaun Watson wanted to seat at the table, wanted to say in what the uh, management is doing. You could find about 100 different people on social media, reporters, NFL people, saying you should absolutely give Deshaun Watson. He's worked for this team. He's done everything. Mm. He's under contract. Those people aren't saying that anymore. No. Yeah, the, the go to bat for Deshaun Watson to make sure he has control of what this team does. It doesn't seem to be a topic anymore. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I I even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it will. Okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Joe Thomas, NFL Network analyst, former Browns 10-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle. You can follow him on Twitter at JoeThomas73. The 2021 Thursday night football schedule kicks off week two. Giants Redskins, Washington football team on NFL Network. Joe, when you played, how much did you care about the schedule when it was released? It was a big deal for me. I was uh, a little bit heavier than I am right now. And I just wanted to make sure that we weren't opening up in September in Florida anywhere because I knew that was going to be absolutely dreadful. And then actually one of the other things that I looked for, I did not like playing on turf as my body was breaking down later in my career. Every time we had a turf game on that schedule, I was looking forward to being able to check that off and not having to do that one again. So uh, it was all about the pain and misery that my body was going to go through that was the first thing that my eyes went to with the schedule release worst playing field you ever played on honestly the old buffalo bills stadium it was not quite astroturf but it was just one step above astroturf and it was so hard and it left you sore at least through the next sunday yeah a lot of people talked about the the vet in philadelphia but I don't – the old vet, I don't know if you got a chance to play on that, but there were a lot of players who said when you fell on that turf, it was like it was like green-colored cement. Yeah, exactly. I never played on the vet, but Camp Randall Stadium, when I was a, a true freshman at Wisconsin, they had that old AstroTurf that was really brutal, and you come out of that game and you would have no skin left on your elbows and on your knees. But I did play at the Meadowlands before uh, the New York football team's – uh, transition to their new home and that was a pretty tough stadium but even more than the the field was the locker room the locker room was like those old school high school gym lockers where you had like the mesh metal and everything <laughs> would you know you'd put the lock over there and then everybody was sharing those wooden benches and then you know there's maybe 20 showers but only five of them work and only three out of those five actually have hot water 
And then you look around, there's five guys under one shower head. That's not weird, right? <laughs> Got a little awkward in those moments, Dan. <laughs> no quick movements. No quick movements. Uh, what stood out last night with this schedule release? Well, as a Browns fan, I love that first game for the Browns going to Kansas City where their season ended last season in the playoffs. The Browns are probably going to have nine new starters on defense. And so this is going to be their measuring stick, right? You could talk about how great the defense is going to be this season and how it's been overhauled and they're going to be a team that can finally win a championship. Well, hey, week one, you got to test. You're going to go and play the Kansas City Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL over the last several seasons. So that was the first one that stuck out for me. Yeah, but also, do you want that test right out of the gate if you're the browns you know can't go into kansas city i'm not saying that if i was on the browns that was the game that i wanted to start with but as a fan that was the one that stuck out but certainly if they come out of that game and they're able to hold that kansas city chiefs offense down a little bit i mean they really should feel great about themselves and great about the things that they were able to build through the offseason and actually it comes at a good point because if you think about the browns defense completely overhauled they're not going to show their stuff in preseason but the browns defense is going to have an advantage because they kind of know what the chiefs offense is going to look like so really if you do have to face the chiefs offense it's probably good for this browns defense to do it in week one where they can have that element of surprise do you think there's any questions about baker mayfield being the future quarterback with the cleveland browns I don't think there's questions about him being the future. There's certainly questions about how high the ceiling is. I think he showed last year he's their franchise guy. He's the guy that they can build around. But where is that ceiling? Can he become one of those top five quarterbacks? Or is he going to be sort of a, uh, you know, 10 to 15 range quarterback where he's really good. You don't have to pay him at the top of the market. So you kind of build around him. Or is he going to be like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, where he can lead a team by himself and you don't necessarily have to worry about the pieces quite as much yeah i just wonder because i i want to see another season before i'm going to give him 100 million dollars and it feels like that next quarterback up it just makes more than the previous quarterback like to me it's financial insanity because baker mayfield is not patrick mahomes or he's not aaron Rodgers. i mean he's not these russell wilson but he's going to be paid a whole lot more than those guys that's the part that would make me nervous Unless you think there's a sweet spot where you go, you know what? He's a $25 million a year quarterback. If if we can both agree on that, both sides, then I think that that can work out in the long term for both. But I don't know if, you know, these agents go, no, you deserve $40 million. You're as good as Dak Prescott. Like, that's that's where things get a little tricky, Joe. Yeah, well, it's a factor of two things. One, obviously, it's the escalating salary cap because the TV money keeps going up. But two, I think what you're seeing is that teams are slowly realizing and slowly uh, adapting to the fact that the quarterback in today's NFL is more important to the team's success than ever before. So they should capture an ever greater portion of the salary cap. And that's why you're seeing these quarterback contracts for guys that aren't the best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe it's those, you know, even middle of the range starters. They're still so important to the success of the team that that's why they're getting those huge contracts and coaches and GMs. They're in a bind, right? If they lose their franchise quarterback, they realize they're probably two years from getting fired. So they've got the gun to their head when they are in those contract negotiations with agents. How would you feel if you were a pro bowl lineman with the Packers right now? I'd be very nervous because I know that our team is going to be a lot different with Aaron Rodgers under center than it is maybe Jordan Love or anybody else. And now I, I, I could maybe think, well, you know, taking sides here, who's right, who's wrong. But in the end, I'm thinking, hey, this team has a chance to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And if he walks out the door for whoever's fault, we may be in a little bit of trouble and we may struggle to become a winning team in 2021. But would you have a say in anything as a all-pro offensive lineman, future Hall of Famer? Could you go to management and ask questions? Could you go to management and say, hey, I played against this guy in free agency. You know, he's great. Or, hey, don't sign that guy. I didn't think he was that good. Like, are you allowed to have that? I think when you've been around long enough and you've had enough success at your position, any smart front office. But did you do this with Cleveland? 
I didn't go out of my way because I didn't have to, Dan. Like they were coming to me and saying, hey, what do you think about this guy? Hey, this is a pass rusher that's going to be on the market. We're looking to add a defensive end. What did you think about him? Give us your five-minute scouting report because they value information. And I think that's what any good GM is going to do. He's not locking himself in a room and watching film. He's going out and he's asking all the people that he has in his scouting department, all the coaches, trying to gather information on all those players before they go out and ultimately he makes the decision did they ever ask you your opinion on quarterbacks no because i don't really have a very good sense of what makes a great quarterback other than what everybody else does like i can see okay he's a great leader he throws a nice pass he makes good decisions he's got a nice snap count so i can get out of my stance on time but as far as like the intricacies of deciding when and where to throw the football. I don't understand the coverages and the and the the way a quarterback needs to read a defense well enough to be able to say this guy is better than, you know, this other starter that's potentially out there. If you were on the Jags, what would your feeling be about Tim Tebow getting a chance? You know, it would be a little bit lukewarm. I, I think from a player's standpoint, you're going to see the Tim Tebow circus coming to town. And as a player, you just kind of want to avoid some of that in general because you just want to focus on your job. You don't want to focus on the shenanigans that comes when you sign Tim Tebow. But on the other hand, you're kind of thinking maybe if I'm Trevor Lawrence, hey, this takes a little bit of pressure off me. Now they're going to be asking me about Tim Tebow rather than, hey, why'd you screw up the snap count? Why did everybody move and you weren't ready for the snap? Or, hey, why did you throw the ball into the dirt three times in a row in that scrimmage? So it does alleviate, I think, some of the pressure off the young guys, but maybe some of the older guys, especially those skill guys, they tend to have a little bit bigger egos. They like to have the attention on them. And when that attention is on your fourth string tight end, I can see that that would maybe be a little bit of a, a stone in your underwear but it's 90 player roster then it gets down to 53 on game day i mean that's a big leap there and and yeah, i I'm think not people proclaiming think he's going to make the roster yeah but i think people like they're angry about this former players are angry that tebow doesn't deserve this he's polarizing i think urban is just doing him a favor come on in and you know, this might be your last hurrah, and then maybe you join my staff as, uh, you know, as a coach. I, I don't see him playing. No, 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 people that are angry are way off base because, first of all, NFL teams have been asking Tim Tebow since he was basically run out of the league as a quarterback to, hey, we'd love to bring you back if you want to try tight end because they realize that he's got a great work ethic and he's a guy that it could potentially be a good locker room player because he does the little things right as a professional. And let's be honest, that fourth string tight end job in the NFL, it's kind of like the, uh, the position of assistant to the manager. If you run a company where it's not really all that important, you're probably not going to see the field. And you know what, if your cousin's looking for a job, you can give him that job because it really, in the end, it doesn't really matter who has that position because it's not critical to the success or failure of the team or the business. Uh, you were called for holding. You know how many times you were called for holding in your career? I don't. I don't believe I ever was. Dan, oh, actually. okay. Well, now, they, now that I now that I remember, they flagged somebody wearing number seventy three yeah. seventeen times in your career. Oh. How many times do you think you actually held in your career? You know, the the conversation around holding is so funny because I think the general fan thinks that holding is like when you take your hands and you grab somebody's jersey. But when those NFL officials would actually come in and talk to us, they talked much more about your feet and where your feet was in relation to your defender. And if your defender was beyond you and has beaten you and then you grab them and then hold them and then stop their ability to get to the ball carrier, that's technically what gets called for holding from a flag. So I don't remember ever being beat and having having to grab and hold my player in uh, if that is the exact question that you're asking. Yeah, but it's kind of like hooking somebody like you can make yourself look guilty. But if you do it in sort of the context of saying, hey, we're going to let you do this. The defender knows we're going to let you do this. Just don't do this or you're going to get flagged. So you sort of know what the ground rules are. Yeah, as a, as a lineman, you know, like, obviously, like I just mentioned, you know, the ground rules are don't get your feet beat 
and then grab and restrain that player and their ability to get to the ball carrier. But I, I think it's interesting when I watch these guys out there, they're actually not holding in a lot of cases, but the ball runs past them. And then instead of just letting them go and <laughs> acting like nothing happened, you know, the first thing they do is they throw their hands up in the air, like, oh, I'm not holding anymore. And even if they weren't holding a lot of times, the ref sees them acting guilty and he throws the flag and it just drives me nuts. You see those young tight ends do it more than anybody else because they haven't yet realized that as soon as you throw your hands in the air, like, oh, I'm not guilty that's when the flag comes but who was mad at you what what you know edge rusher what? uh you know what some of them have gotten mad at me over the over the years but i think that there was a pretty healthy respect amongst most of the guys that i went against the guys that i had the biggest beef with usually were those guys like linebackers that you didn't see all that often but that would get really pissed off if you were peeling them off a pile or you were kind of giving them that extra shove as the ball carrier went by. Those were usually guys that I ended up beefing with, but the players like, you know, the the James Harrisons and the Terrell Suggs that you're going against every single play for 65 plays, there's a healthy understanding of like what I need to do to get my job done and what you need to do to get your job done. And they get it. Like if I beat them and I pancake them and I land on top of them, they shouldn't have got beat in the first place. Yeah, but if you go at their legs, though, that's when it's different, right? When you well, get... that's dirty, right? You know, if 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 you're trying to go at their legs, especially from the side or the back, like, yeah. I totally understand them getting upset because you're going after their livelihood. Like they are picturing their children and their wife, and like if they get hurt, especially a guy that doesn't have a, a big guarantee contract, like it could be it for their NFL career. So they've got to be able to protect their family also, and and going dirty and trying to injure a guy like that, I, I don't think that has any place in the game and i'd get pissed for them but it doesn't like they don't have things at the bottom of the pile anymore like you guys have cleaned up your act when you get into that scrum and guys are grabbing and there's still some of that when you're tr the only time it really happens dan is if there's a fumble right and and somebody jumps on it and when they're in that kind of like baby cradle position it's really hard to get the ball out and so there's a little bit of you know eye gouging and poking and you know stuff like that, but that grabbing on the, the bottom. groin though help me understand that so yeah. the last time that happened actually um it didn't happen to me thankfully it happened to alex mack he was our center in cleveland and <laughs> sean smith i think it was he was playing for the chiefs at the time and there was some uh, some crotch grabbing going on <laughs> at the bottom of a pile and actually it worked in the chief's favor though because alex got right up and i think he tried to punch sean right in the face got a 15-yard penalty and so that was sort of the moral of that story like hey even if somebody goes for the crotch grab <laughs> You can't get that mad. You just wait till the next play and then try to get him back. Because if you try to retaliate right there when the ref is uh, standing there, it's not going to end up well for you. They're going to get you. Hey, great to talk to you, Joe. Thanks for joining us uh, and uh, have fun in the offseason. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. That's Joe Thomas, the uh, NFL Network analyst and a future Hall of Fame offensive lineman. He was a uh, Pro Bowl offensive tackle 10 years with the Cleveland Browns. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Nina Kimes, dog lover herself, the NFL analyst, senior writer, podcast host, TV contributor, uh, Mina Kimes show with Lenny, a weekly podcast about football and more. And uh, Mina joins us now. Good morning, Mina. Hey, good morning. Um, I got a question to start out with, and it has something to do with the end result of this season. That is, I'm going to give you all the quarterbacks who are 33 and older or all the quarterbacks who are younger than 33. Russell Wilson turns 33 this year, so he's in the older category. You can have all the quarterbacks. Who wins the Super Bowl, the younger quarterbacks this year or the older ones? Um, I'm going to go younger. Uh, as long as Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is in the league, i got to go younger. What did you take away from the schedule as far as what who the networks – is there a team where they're looking at somebody that maybe would be a surprise team this year based on what the schedule showed? Actually, this is not what you asked, but I I thought it was interesting that the Packers got five primetime games. I don't know if the network knows anything we don't know, you know, about whether or not. Because, gosh, without Aaron Rodgers, that would be uh, quite a a load for Jordan Love to be on primetime that much. Um, But, no, I I was surprised, actually, not to see more Browns, Chargers in prominent spots because those are two kind of young, exciting AFC contenders. Uh, and, yeah, clearly the networks didn't agree. We saw some Ravens, though. What about the Bears? And at what point is Justin Fields going to be the starting quarterback? You know, I, I've i been saying loudly, maybe a little too loudly on our network, I would start him week one. But they are playing the Rams, obviously, in that Sunday night opener. And that is a challenging defense to throw him to. Uh, at start, that Bears offensive line against Aaron Donald is not a pretty formula. I could see them waiting three or four weeks, but you know, with Matt Nagy's job on the line and that offensive line and Andy Dalton in place, I don't see it lasting long. How much of an improvement is uh, the quarterbacking position for the Rams? It's pretty significant. <laughs> um, you know, the... the Downfield element that Stafford brings to the game has been so lacking with Jared Goff. And, you know, it all sort of came to a head at the end of the season when it really became clear that Sean McVay would rather start 
his backup from the AAF, John Wolford, um, who I love his preseason games. I called, but he there was a, it was curiosity, right, that Jared Goff wasn't playing even though his injury was dubious. But I think that was something that was brewing all year, frustration with Goff's ability to create uh, outside of the pocket, his lack of uh, accuracy throwing the ball downfield, his propensity to turn it over over the middle. And I think Matthew Stafford is a massive step up for them. But do you have the Chargers and Rams both as contenders? I do. I, I, I feel like every year the NFL media is too high on the Chargers and every year we get slapped down. Um, and, and I know Justin Herbert is like a prime regression candidate, you know, being that sort of hot rookie season that came out of nowhere. But he was playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. Our pass block win rate metric has them as the second worst in the NFL, worse than the Bengals, who we talk mm. about like Joe Burrow was playing behind wet paper towels. And they upgraded incredibly uh, along the line, like clearly poured a ton of resources there, adding Corey Lindsley, best center available, Rashawn Slater. Justin Hart was fantastic last year under pressure. Imagine how good he'll be with some time in the pocket and knock on wood, Derwin James coming back. So I'm very high on the Chargers. Are, are the Cardinals a hot team? There's always that, like three or four teams that go, yeah. you know, from sort of nowhere up to the top, make the playoffs, or they go from last to first. Where do you stand on Cardinals? I'm not as high on the Cardinals as others, particularly because they play in the post-apocalyptic hellscape that is the NFC West. But also, um, there's still massive issues with this team in the secondary. I think that they didn't add enough playmakers to take some of the heat off of DeAndre Hopkins, with all due respect to A.J. Green, who I think is in the over-33 crowd or plays like it at this point. I, I think rather than calling them the hot team, I would say Cliff Kingsbury should be on the hot seat because he came into this league as a sort of questionable hire. Uh, the Cardinals offense went from the worst in the NFL to average, and I think he really benefited from that comparison, but last year they regressed. Kyler Murray didn't take a leap forward as a passer. It really brought a lot to the game with his legs. And in my mind, if he doesn't, Kyler, doesn't take another step forward in his development this year, I would be really, I, if I was a Cardinals fan, I would direct my ire towards clicking Furry. We're talking to Mita Kimes. You can uh, watch her with Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Laura Rutledge on NFL Live every weekday at 4 Eastern on The Mothership. When Russell Wilson came on our show and then the fallout after that subsequently, did, did Seattle address what they needed to address or did Russ get, did he hear what he needed to hear? That's right. It's you that I have to personally blame for three weeks of <laughs> debate, hell, being especially, oh, Mia, how do you feel about losing your quarterback? Um, I, yeah, I provided I, I, content for the media for a month, Mina, and no one thanked I, uh, me. I'm, okay, you know what? Thank you. Thank Although, you it, it wasn't like a moment in the year when we really needed it. Like right now, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is basically single-handedly saving the sports media industry, and we should all be singing hosannas in his name and um you know he is carrying us because you know I, i'm on an nfl show dan every day uh one hour a day june is the desert and aaron Rodgers is pouring this water into our mouths he is an oasis uh for us and and you did do that with russell and i i suppose i do owe you some thanks for that even though personally it caused me great great emotional distress but candidly i never thought he was leaving and I also think that um, he seems to be pretty satisfied with what Seattle's done, you know, going out training for Gabe Jackson from the Raiders to shore up the interior of the offensive line, uh, signing Gerald Everett tight end from the Rams. I thought that was, he was previously with the Rams. I thought that was a sneaky good signing. And then drafting a wide receiver, a real speedster, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, with their first pick in the draft, all really smart picks. But for Wilson, you know, when you look at the struggles at the second half of last season, it wasn't because of the lack of protection. It was really schematic, and, and some of it, frankly, had to do with Wilson himself. So that's what I'll be watching for with Seattle early on to see if they've, if new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron has cured those ills. Did the Niners make themselves better in the draft? Yes, unfortunately, they did. I was uh, I, I really rooting for the Mac Jones pick as a Seahawks fan. Um, I, 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 I 
said this, you know, it, it kind of hit me really a few days later that Kyle Shanahan's the most devastating run game designer in football, and he's done all that without a mobile quarterback, without an extra threat to change the numbers. I am terrified at the concoctions, you know, the, the nightmarish scenarios. Every linebacker in the league saw that and mentally screamed uh, and is, you know, just wetting themselves at night thinking about what Shanahan and Trey Lance are going to do. Wetting themselves at night? I think it's been mentally wetting okay. themselves. So, oh, okay, uh, yeah. okay. I didn't know if you could confirm. A little, little less graphic, could, yeah. <laughs> confirm that or not. Uh, the Tim Tebow situation, uh, anybody apoplectic on the NFL Live set there? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was not. I tried to be very clear about this. Not, no one's angry. Oh, okay. I'm not angry at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow can pursue whatever dream he wants. I'm still making terrible paintings in the hopes that, you know, that flies down my path at some point. I am angry, not angry, but I'm critical of Urban Meyer. This, to me, reeks of bad management. And we're talking about a guy who the primary concern around Urban Meyer is not whether he can coach football, it's whether he can manage an NFL team. He comes in, he hires a strength coach out of Iowa, Chris Doyle, who was, you know, left town because of accusations of racist behavior, that backfires immediately. And now he pulls this stunt. It just feels like like running a college team is like running a mom and pop, right? Whereas running an NFL team is like being a CEO. This feels like mom and pop behavior, and that's what put me off. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I, I but I I don't know. It's one of those where he's Tebow lives what three doors down from Urban. They have so much success together. Like how does how does Urban say no to Tim Tebow? Um, he says, I'm the, now running an NFL team, and you're 33 years old, and you haven't taken a snap since 2012 when, you know, Mina Kimes had yet to do sports radio. Like, this is not Well, tenable. let's do role-playing here. You're, you're Urban. Ooh. Okay, good. <laughs> and, I, and I'm Tim. I don't Tim. want to be Tebow. Okay. You, wait, you want to be Tebow? No, no, I want to be urban. Okay, I want to be urban. Okay, so, yeah. hey, hey, Coach, um, I'm having a barbecue. I'd love for you to come by, and I wanted to talk to you about something. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that uh, – not kind of thinking. I'm, I want to come and play football. I want, I, I want to play tight end for you. Tim, you're so three. You don't have to call me Coach anymore. Our relationship is – You'll always be that. my coach, and you know that, Coach. I do know that. I'm just trying to help you. Um you are incredibly successful. You make a bazillion dollars to be an icon to many people. You're on television. You're writing books. You don't want to block for my team that's probably not going to win the AFC South, Tim. You don't want to be mocked because you've never caught a pass before in the NFL or any level, really. I mean, Tim, this is not really what you want. It sounds like you miss being part of a team, so why don't you come on as an assistant? You can hang out in the locker room. You can give rousing pregame speeches. Um, you know, I'll give you a jersey. Wait, wait, Coach, Coach, hold my non-alcoholic beer. I'm going to take off my shirt, and I, and I want you to see how jacked I am. Okay, let me up my offer, Tim. You're not just an assistant. You're the get-back coach. Use those guns to hold me back on the sideline, just like we have in college, just like Sean McVay has with that strength guy. You can be that guy for me, and then you'll get a ton of camera time too. But you know that I, I work out harder than anybody. The game means so much to me. I'm going to give you Tebow time all the time, anytime you want it. I'm going to be there. I can get you tickets to a Mets game. I am going to be there for you, Coach. I will never fail you. And you know that. You know that after that speech that I gave after a loss in college. I was never going to lose again. I'm, I'm at a barbecue, and I'm ready to run through a wall right now, Coach. Uh, you had me into the Mets game, Tim. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to a Mets game. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you're right. All right. Uh, hey, great to talk to you, Mina. And uh, play nice with the guys there on the set. Always. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Mina. That's Mina Kimes, NFL analyst, senior writer, podcast host, TV contributor. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.